Welcome to Terminal Talk, a podcast about mainframe and mainframe-related topics. And our guest today is Mark Anzani, who is the Vice President of Strategy for System Z. I would say IBM Z, Frank. <laughs> right. Well, have, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> can, can, can you explain that? That's a great place to start, don't you? Yeah. Think? This whole brand thing is really getting me confused. Yeah, it, uh, it actually turns out to be a fairly amusing conversation that I've had uh, a number of times because obviously we periodically will will rebrand as uh, as many different uh, products do. Um, we've gone through you know a host of them in the history of the of the platform and and it's quite common for folks to talk about System Z, which was replaced by Z Systems, and then with the introduction of the the new platform, the Z14, we became IBM Z. Uh, and that's where some of the amusement comes in, because uh, as everyone, I think, knows for a long period, the Z was always a small Z. But with the introduction of IBM Z, we deployed the capital Z. Mm. And that would result in presentations that I would do, um, slides that are up there being presented, and then folks correcting me saying, look, you've got a big Z and it should be a small Z. <laughs> and then I say... Well, no, actually, this is our rebranding. It is now IBM capital Z. <laughs> and then you start going into the details of the product, the Z14. And people would then point out to me, of course, that I had a small Z and I should have a capital Z. <laughs> and I'd say, I'd say, no, that is a small Z. For the, the product side, it's a small Z. For the brand, it's a large Z. And this may sound like a minor thing, but m you can really waste some time having a conversation <laughs> about big and large. Now, does does it happen the way I'm picturing it, where like you know you're having a normal day in the office and somebody just bursts in the door out of breath? They obviously ran in from their car. They had a, guys, 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 capital Z. It's and it's, everyone just drops everything. <laughs> genius, yes, genius. It. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> no, it's it's not that dramatic. Oh. Um, the, the the way in which. Again, somewhat amusing to me. Um, <laughs> the way in which you know branding and naming changes occur, um, I like to think of as follows. There is a very small set of folks dragged out of a cave somewhere <laughs> deep within the corporate structure who are the naming people. And uh, they will come out and someone will say, I think we need to put a little shift on the business, put a new, new little trend to it. Um, and one of, these, one of these folks coming out of the cave will suddenly come up with a earth-shattering ideas such as let's capitalize the Z and go for it. <laughs> there are probably people now listening to this who wish to come and take my head. <laughs> or a lot of people in college say, that's what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a way in which you can rally some business messages, get uh, a little bit of a disruption, if you will, in the way in which people maybe have thought about something. Um, and uh, it was an important step for us, particularly given the nature of what the new release of the Z14, the new release of the operating system, some you know rebrandings going on associated with middleware as middleware as well, just to make people stop and think a little and and, and take mm. a look at some of the new things on the table because there are, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the conversation. Um, there are a number of things that really are having quite a dramatic effect in the client base because of the nature of the technologies deployed, but also what you know the, the way in which business is really rallying around it and, and it's resonating with them. So those tend to be the reasons why you kind of throw these uh, these rebranding points out there. 
Okay, so you're the, the vice president of strategy. So we've done small Z and capital Z. What's next? Like capital Z, small Z? Italics. You got to be careful because, you know, too many Zs, it gives the wrong impression, right? Yeah, one of the things that I've done in my career is make sure I never get involved <laughs> in anything to do with naming or rebranding. I will talk about it, I will have it on my charts. But I, uh, again, so, sorry for starting this off on maybe a humorous way. But uh, one of the. One of the memories I have was uh, several generations of hardware ago, we were deploying, you know, different colored stripes on the uh, on the outside of the frames as we went on. And I, I walked into a conference room and was asked to offer an opinion on a series of green stripes that were laid out on the conference room table which seemed to be pretty much the same color to me, but apparently there That's was... That's a trap. Don't answer. There was, <laughs> there was a refined distinction amongst them, apparently, and I was asked to choose the one I felt would be the most representative of what our platform is. And the way in which I escaped that was um, it happened to be, by chance, that the folks looking and making this decision, um, they, they were all women. And I announced to them that that sort of decision... I did not have the authority to make that sort of decision in my own household, and I was not going to start in a conference room that day. I turned tail and ran. See, that's intelligence. Yeah. And wisdom. That's how you get to be VP right there. Uh, anyway, there we go. <laughs> so, so we're talking about, you know, the, the new IBM Z. Yeah. And you couldn't hear it, but I was capitalizing it there. Um <laughs> What 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 encompasses the the new mainframe that, that people should be paying attention to if they you know kind of blinked during the past three four years? <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a couple of ways in which I describe it, and uh, you know one element is to is to say that you know the platform is in some regard a platform that continues with a long history, although every release of technology that we do has a significant amount of investment behind it, and obviously a lot of new value creation, new intellectual capital um, being embedded into into the thing. But it does also continue a long tradition of capabilities and characteristics for workloads that have served enterprises literally f for decades. So you don't do a whole-scale transformation and tear up and rip up the things that have served the platform well, and more importantly, are running a huge amount of critical business logic for enterprises. So in that regard, everyone that we release has an element of being evolutionary. Mm. However, we also focus, of course, on the revolutionary. What are things that we see in all our conversations with our clients and looking at research, looking at uh, the way that businesses are evolving, and produced themes around that that begin from a technology development stage years before the machine actually hits the floor. Um, you know, as an aside, as I, as I talk to customers who want to understand uh, the future of the platform, investments around the platform, you know, I, I tell them about things that five, six, seven years ago were being worked on in research within IBM in partnership with some of the senior developers that we have running around um, the labs here associated with the platform around the world. And they're working on things that take years and years of development, creation, and fine-tuning. Um, 
and we marry those with the nature of the business problems to be solved at the time. One aspect, uh, a first aspect that, of course, uh, anyone who's looked at uh, the Z14 announcements will see as one of the prime themes is the nature of pervasive encryption. And that becomes both uh, an evolutionary and a revolutionary point because we have had uh, encryption technologies, hardware assists, sophisticated centralized management, very advanced protection schemes from a software and, uh, and a hardware uh, intrusion tamper-proof protection standpoint that we have built upon and leveraged, but also using the nature of the current technology that we have, the advanced silicon that we have, the more circuits that we have available to us, the teams have created an incredibly powerful, large-scale encryption environment that is hitting the marketplace at exactly the most perfect time for the reality of the world in which we live. I mean, we all see the nature of the, the threats that are out there. And it's not as much the threats of the individual rogue hacker, the person who wants to play around and penetrate technologies. You know, these are very large-scale legitimate threats against a business, the data, the nature of their operations that come from folks who are either, you know, criminally, commercially minded in what they do, or they are from you know, state-run organizations who are trying to get access to intellectual property or to destabilize or affect certain businesses. Um, so point number one for the, the new Z14 release and, of course, with the nature of the operating system exploitation, ZOS, Linux, etc., um, that brings a set of technologies to companies where they can now much more simply and much more confidently feel that they can protect the data that is critical to them, the nature of information about their customers, private information about their customers, and protect it in an economic way where in the past they just would not do that. Mm -hmm. And because it is much more powerful in terms of being able to do all of the encryption, manage all the keys associated with it, have all the recovery-related actions that are so important uh, for gaining access to your information, they're able to do it in a way that, number one, is economic, and then number two, allows them to greatly simplify the processes that they have to go through to decide what information to encrypt. It is very common in conversation with clients, let's take financial companies as an example, for them to have a team of people whose job every day, every week, is going through audit requests, regulatory requests, some of them internal, some of them external, to show how are they protecting the data, how are they conforming to regulations, how are they making sure that the business is protected and taken care of. And a lot of the work they have to do is to prove why did they select certain data from within the host of the data that is being served there. Why did they pick that to protect it? How do they know that every element that needs to be protected is protected? Where is it, all the copies, etc.? With a technology like this, the ability to say, I can turn on whole-scale pervasive encryption, they can greatly simplify those processes. Yes, it frees up people, but more importantly what it does is gives them a much more secure view that they are in fact protecting the nature of their business and their clients.
if, if there's one thing I've learned working with clients is one thing they hate to hear and they hate to have to say is it depends. Right. And that really lets them say a definitive yes. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It absolutely does. And it is important to note that this evolutionary and revolutionary point is actually, you know, step one on an even more expansive journey that uh, the development teams and the strategists are looking at in terms of how do you protect securities from an enterprise standpoint. Um, as we've described the nature of what we now offer, um, companies are starting to look at it and say, you know, how can that be more broad? How can the mainframe platform become an anchor point for security more broadly throughout my company? How can I start looking at the key management capabilities and be able to extend them to really centralize key management across my enterprise? How can I pass in a very transparent and efficiently managed way my encrypted data beyond the domain of the mainframe to other platforms? And these are some of the themes that uh, the security teams and the overall development organization is working on um, to start to roll out this out even more. And as a result of that, Number one, you get an opportunity to have conversations about the platform with parts of a business that would not necessarily be paying attention to this platform um, over the prior years. You know, when the uh, when the Z14 and the whole aspect of pervasive encryption was being developed, um, as we do with every generation of technology we produce, we're very connected to our customers. You know, with thousands of clients as opposed to millions. You can have very personal connections to enterprises and individuals within those businesses, and they give us very good feedback about what we've delivered and what you know we're going to deliver. In the case of the Z14, now has expanded significantly to start speaking with parts of our clients' businesses that we have not really engaged with before, conversations with chief information security officers and their teams, understanding how they approach the question of, of security and protection. And all of those thoughts have been folded in to obviously not only what we offer at the moment, but where we are going. And that starts a set of conversations that really can uh, be a platform for us to build upon in, in, in having folks understand that, uh, you know, this is the, w this is the way forward and something they really need to consider. The key thing for me in, in, in that, and, and that was really, really cool, but uh, what I've found is a lot of what we provide in the pervasive encryption is not new. The capability has been there for a really long time, but the fact that we're making it much easier to do and manage is, is really, for me, really key because things that are difficult, uh, security things that are difficult, people just don't use because <laughs> it's too hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in, in some regard, um, they're doing very difficult and complicated things today. And regulations such as the often quoted, you know, GDPR, right, the General Data Protection Regulations in the EO, EU, are, are causing people to go through a host of business processes and inspection processes that are, you know, very complicated and, and, and onerous with regard to what they have to do. Um, and as you have more and more of that, 
Um, and as you can offer these these simplifications and do it in a much more whole scale way, that's really what um, is causing them to, to to open their eyes up. I'm I'm bold enough to think and to say that these sorts of capabilities are going to be a very good way that will cause clients and in a number of cases, I believe, totally new clients to think about this platform as the data-serving engine for their enterprise, that they will bring databases from a host of other platforms that need to be protected in a whole-scale manner and start to consider placing them on Z. Now, this is another interesting aspect of, of strategy and strategic planning um, sometimes these things fall into your lap and sometimes they're there because they are you know, an overt plan forward. If you think about all the work that has been done by the teams focused on open source technology support on the platform, if you look at the efforts of the past couple of years around open source databases, MongoDB and MariaDB and Postgres, um, those are all capabilities and enablements now that with pervasive encryption in a Linux environment, we can offer a much more simplified way to protect data there. And as clients are growing up on that, and as they want to go for very large-scale data serving in a protected way, what better platform is there on the face of the planet than Z? There, there isn't one. <laughs> with the economics right, um, with the management simplicity correct, it opens up a whole new new set of doors. And, that, and that's why it's uh, it's such a very exciting time, I think, for this IBM capital Z brand <laughs> and and all of us that uh, you know have the honor of working on it so you've, you've mentioned uh, security is the the big thing and it is I, I get it outside of that why would somebody want to buy one of these new capital Z machines well there are some you know fundamental aspects that we have worked on for, for, a, for a number of years that uh, really feature around the true economics and scale and the nature of what you serve with the realities of the way that, that workloads operate and, and perform today. Um, maybe one way to describe it is to sort of step back a little bit and just and layer at a very high level some of the strategic directions for the platform, that the, the core of what we speak about when asked to describe strategy to, to companies. Um, number one, we begin with a discussion around what we call the strategic foundation for the platform. And the strategic foundation is a very, you know, healthy and considered set of investments in the technologies that we have that we develop and we move forward with. It is the investments in very complex and sophisticated hardware, which interestingly, when you get a chance to talk to clients who have no familiarity with the platform, and you really take them through in in a measured cadence of the nature of each component of the system and what it does and, f and f from where it has come from, their eyes just open up absolutely wide because they have no idea of some of the new and sophisticated aspects of technology that are, that are being driven through this platform. It's not an important point to the way business runs in the grand scheme of things, but when you tell them that the fastest available commercial microprocessor on the face of the planet is within our machine, they would never have expected that to come from a technology, but they're often, um, their view of it is a very aged and historical view. So you have technology investments such as that, you have all the changes that are being done 
in the software development processes related to, to Agile, um, the ability to deliver function much more rapidly and much more consumable elements, all of those changes go into you know what we would call the integrated foundation of the platform. Oh, by the way, another important aspect of the strategy is all the things being done around the economics of it. The container pricing um, developments and announcements of this quarter are, and, and a platform upon which we will build next year with other offerings is a way in which you can have very transparent, very simple comparisons now of what it costs to put a new workload on that integrated technology foundation and be able to do it in a very simple comparative manner to what it would cost on x86. To be able to bring new workloads over and not have them affect the costs and economics of what else may be running on the platform, right? that's a part of the integrated foundation as well and, and a thrust around that technology, advancement, and the economics of it. With that base set, you then move into open, modern access to that core business logic, whether it has been running there for decades or whether it is new work being deployed in a matter of, of, of just a few months um, by a client. And that's the whole aspect of modern APIs, RESTful interfaces, microservices, which I know you have labored on and led for <laughs> us for a, for a long period of time, Frank. Um, so with that then in place, you start having conversations about Swagger-compliant interfaces and JSON-related um, calls coming from applications being able to go into that traditional core, the, into Kix and DB2 and into IMS in a way that the application programmer does not need to care about at all or, and in fact, many times, does not even care that the microservice they are using is going into a mainframe infrastructure. That openness, modernization of all of that and all the tooling and the investments in dev DevOps, et cetera, that is done, that then elevates the view of the mainframe platform as an enterprise class server with all of the ways of, of connectivity that developers today in the modern world in, in hybrid cloud environments would be associated with. So you then have that built as a secondary level on the integrated foundation. That then allows you, with the economic discussion, to engage much more closely in new workloads, capturing new workloads, which you know has been a focus of ours for a while, but we've enabled some even better ways to allow people to have that conversation. With the capabilities for analytics on the platform, mathematical acceleration with hardware on the platform, much larger memory spaces to be able to do analytics there, acquisitions of technology to do uh, much more efficient inline scoring, all things like that, those are examples of new workloads that come on it. And then finally, the top layer of what you know we would describe as a strategic chart is how can you present Z and its capability in new ways in the world where more and more businesses are looking at how cloud services will be an important part of the way in which they consume service. Um, they can be cloud services and efficiencies just for orchestration and provisioning from an end user standpoint more efficiently within the business, or the ability to leverage a variety of services, cloud capabilities that come from the public providers uh, of which we all know. Uh, 
So you've started to see some of that coming with Z technologies in the backbone of it and the high security business network, you know, blockchain. One example of that from the IBM cloud business being driven by Linux One. But you're going to see more of that. You're going to see more services coming out from IBM cloud services where there is Z technology in the background. You know, a number of questions have come up and a variety of efforts that have been underway for a while around how can the Z platform and the encryption that we spoke of be used as a way of strengthening and offering unique services from the IBM cloud business for clients to be able to consume. There will be news about that. Um, this year, there will be even more news about that next year in terms of that variety of services. And that then results in interesting conversations with our clients who use services from other companies. And it again is reasonable to believe that we can have a chance to start seeing Z deployed by other cloud service providers because it's going to be a critical technology component for Secure Cloud in the future. This is great. Um, uh, I, I know that you're a man with a schedule here, and uh, kind of want to ask a somewhat open-ended question. Uh, let, let's say I'm a, I'm a sysprog, you know, or a, an operator in, a, in say Ogden, Utah, or you know, uh, Fish Camp, California, Pocatello, right? You know, Lower Caribou region of Canada. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm very excited about all the new technology. Maybe I went to college and, and learned some of this, or I do it on my own. Um, but my job is, is is just to keep these systems up and running, and you know, the same way they were they were for the past twenty five years, um, and I don't want to lose my job. What can I do to learn about the these new technologies and, and get on board and not become one of those crufty old dudes? Um, hey, I, I didn't talking about me. They can't see me pointing at you. <laughs> uh, how can I make sure that I, I don't fall into this cautionary tale over here while you know uh, taking advantage of all this new stuff? So I. I mean, that is a very good open-ended question that could uh, consume two hours of podcast, and I, I don't think we'll do that. But some examples. Um, if there is an interest or a desire to become experienced in some of the newer software technologies, for example, that are available on the platform, for a, a, a sysprog or a DBA to just kick the tires on it and get used to some of the new functionality, as a part of the announcements in July around the Z14, there was also introduced uh, a concept and environment called Z-Trial. Right. And Z-Trial is a way using you know, IBM's um, developer environments, cloud-based service, to be able to go in and work with a new piece of software. One of the first ones that we put up there was ZOS Connect, our technology to be able to, which I sort of describe as a Rosetta Stone, an ability to speak multiple <laughs> languages, mm. going stealing that, you know, <laughs> outboard. Yeah, awesome. um, I'm I'm on tape in too many environments now. <laughs> it's mine, uh, but it's uh, it's ability to be able to communicate out with restful interfaces, you know, modern common access, and also be able to speak the language of the mainframe with messaging going back in, you know, Kix DB2, etc. If someone wants to kick around ZOS Connect, they can just go for free into the Z trial environment, become experienced with it, play with it. 
without having to create a proof of concept environment within their own shop um, to be able to do it. There are also a variety of um, capabilities through the whole skills program that the ecosystem team drives. Um, services such as, for example, from Marist, um, there are free capabilities to do online learning, um, trying different modules, um, be able to you know look at these new technologies and become certified with them. There is uh, uh, partners that we have out uh, in the in environment. Interskill is one example um, that I often quote of a company that has for years been involved in the online mainframe training environment. A number of our clients have enterprise licenses for access to Interskill technologies. But Interskill working with us has also um, made available at different times their online courses for free. They're self-paced learning. Uh, I've been through a number of them myself. You have environments uh, as a part of the training module where you go on and you're, you're programming, you're, you're doing configurations and, and trying things. And at the end of, of that and other programs within IBM, you're able to get badges, IBM badges. And this seems to be a particularly interesting area for some of the newer generation of technologists that are coming to all platforms. The ability to have online badges, metadata associated with them that you can bring into your various social profiles, LinkedIn, etc., and accumulate validated certifications and skills for these new areas. And those are just incredibly valuable on resumes. They show that you're maintaining an interest and advancing your own personal skills. And we invest heavily in that area as well. Um, we've made available, um, as a part of the community cloud efforts, um, Linux was the first one, a community cloud first hosted out of Marist, the capability for people to go and be able to get their own Z virtual machine, access to a host of software, to do things, to try things, to develop their skills in that way. These are all capabilities that those sysprogs and DBAs and others uh, can, can use to remain current and, and, and interested. And then they can really sell these things, you know, to their managers about, look, hey, I've done this. I can do this. Um, so that, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's great. You've been, you know, very open about, you know, what, you, what we're doing, kind of where we're going. And if, if, if people have questions, right, they can call you. Your number is like 914. Um, probably the best way to do that, Frank, <coughs> is for all questions to be run through you. <laughs> Contact at terminaltalk.net. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because uh, we're coming up on the end of our time with you, and I had another 50 questions to ask. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe we can have you come back. Um, there, there are a number of things that, you know, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about your career and how you got here because – I know it's been somewhat meandering. It and has I think, been. <laughs> I think, I think uh, our listeners would be interested. But, um, you know, we're pretty much out of time for this one. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm looking forward to the 50-part series on container pricing. That, <laughs> that's, that's how long it'll go. I have so many questions. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a bunch of questions. So, But this has really been great, Mark. We really appreciate the time um, you coming through and, um, and spending with us. We know how busy you are. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's good to get the opportunity and, uh, yeah, be glad to come back and, uh, and do this again, chat about some other areas with everybody. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you.
You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence, signing off.